I just I just got uh, chai that is um, not caffeinated, which is good when you like, ooh, I want a chai vibe, but I don't want the caffeine at late at night. Right. So I I don't know if they might have it out near you, but it's like a it says it's like a red dragon tea, but it's like chai. It's well, it's a little the marketing is a little extra, but it's good. Whenever I want the chai feel kind, but it's not it's not chai, but it gives me like the vibes. I do make golden milk at night. Oh, what that? And so What's like that? it's with your choice of milk, turmeric, cracked black pepper, cinnamon, um, ginger, dried ginger and nutmeg, and whatever sweetener you want. And you just kind of like you know mix it up in a pot with the milk to get it nice and hot, and it turns golden because of the turmeric. Um, and then you just drink it like that with your sweetener. Usually for me, it's agave and it's absolutely delicious. It makes you feel good. Turmeric is good for, is a good like anti-inflammatory type deal. And you sleep really well. I sleep really well. It's jazzy, it's jazzy hot milk for the adult. <laughs> mm. Okay, so the way I'm gonna try that tonight because I, uh, chronic back pain party of one over here and it's been flaring up so i think i might just need to get on that tip because turmeric i've heard turmeric ginger and cinnamon mm -hmm. is like a good power combo yeah to battle kind of in inflammation yeah and i just add like black pepper because it gives it a little extra like it's gonna be cracked usually i don't have any so i just use regular black pepper but it adds a little more like heat to it mm -hmm. and it just i don't know it adds a little something and i like it what if you did cayenne? Would that be too much? Cayenne will murder you because I feel like it's a whole different flavor profile profile yeah. from like the other ones you're putting in. Yeah, I've never yeah. tried it though. I wonder. Okay, so I'm gonna do all that with some soy milk and honey, and I'll report back to you in terms of how it goes because okay. I definitely need something to help me sleep. I just have been having the weirdest, creepiest dreams, and I think it's partly because of our topic today and one of the books that we are talking about. Yes. Today we are talking about witches. Today we're talking about witches. Witches, finally. The yes. I just—they're just iconic. They're perennial, everlasting witches. Everyone loves a good witch. Right. <clears throat> I think, in a way, that. Mm, unlike vampires, unlike zombies, unlike dystopian, I feel like the witch will never die. I feel like witch content is forever. Like you said, perennials. They're like whatever that flower is that is a perennial. Don't know what it is. I don't, think, I don't know, but I just know it is perennial. <laughs> I won't look it up. It's whatever. But yes, we're talking about witches, our favorite witch content. And um, I'm just going to bring to the floor our buddy read. Because I just finished it right before we got on. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to first talk about the book Hex by Thomas Old Huvelt. Huvelt, what a name. Huvelt. I actually have it with me right. I have it with me right here. Um, I'll read the synopsis really quick. Yes. Whoever is born here is doomed to stay till death. Whoever settles never leaves. Welcome to Black Spring, a seemingly picturesque Hudson Valley town haunted by the Black Rock, the Black Rock Witch. I can't read. A 17th century woman whose eyes and mouth are sewn shut. 
Muzzled, she walks the streets and enters homes at will. She stands next to children's beds for nights on end. Her eyes may never be opened or the consequences will be too terrible to bear. Oof. It was, oh, totally brilliant. Original, sorry, totally brilliantly original, Stephen King. Like, I care what he thinks, but for those who do, <laughs> Stephen King approves of this book. <laughs> yeah, okay, so what did you think about the book? Because I have thoughts, but what did okay. you Okay, okay, so I, I like the book. I ended up giving it five stars despite how it ended, okay? <laughs> okay, so you didn't like just the ending. To, the okay. ending, it's not that I didn't like it, it just wasn't the ending I wanted, Okay. to be more specific. Um, I thought that the buildup was was pretty good, and it ended up going to a place I did not expect it to. Like, I had in my mind the way the story was going to go, and then it did not. It, like, completely went left from what I thought. Um, I thought it would be a lot more catastrophic than it actually ended up being, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm the consequences of opening her eyes and her mouth would have been like more like the like we going full dark like we done the whole world is done right okay so um i guess before we fully lead into this spoilers abound so if you don't want to know what happens in this book i guess skip this part Mm -hmm. but um yeah hex follows a town uh was it black spring yeah black spring uptown new york Uptown, God, upstate New York, <laughs> and so Californian, <laughs> right? I know, God, I'm so fucking Californian. I can't. I'm sick of myself sometimes. Okay, <laughs> upstate New York, this town, Black Spring, been cursed by this woman who was labeled a witch, is a witch, whatever we want to say, and in the 16th century, she was killed. Her eyes and mouth were sewn shut and she was bound with chains and um essentially her ghost is like haunting this town and if you leave the town everybody in this town is cursed it doesn't matter if you leave the town you'll start to sorry there's like a bee hovering around me mm-hmm. i'll play that if you leave this town you'll start to like have thoughts about unaliving yourself yeah so trigger warning there for folks and um if if you like fuck with her there there can be some repercussions for messing with her so Mm -hmm. as a result there's this whole kind of thing in place in this town called hex that's in charge of watching the witch's movements seeing where she is everybody has an app on their phone that lives in this town called hex where they basically keep updating this network there's cameras all over this town obviously not necessarily people's houses but their lawns the street what have you public places so that everybody can kind of keep track of where she's at and the reason being also is because it's not like she's just shuffling around downtown square right no this bitch will like She'll, she'll be shuffling down in front of the coffee shop, disappear, and then be standing at the foot of your baby's fucking bed. And just stand there for days. So, it... And there's nothing which, they can do. Like, you're not allowed to touch her right. or move her. Right. Because if you touch her, uh, like, 
she'll you'll get like singed or like a like a frostbitey type thing will happen to you you'll get messed up so you kind of just have to roll with it and if you move and they actively tried to dissuade people from moving in to the town because they obviously don't want anybody to be cursed and of course that don't always work there's this family that moves in and i wish that we would have seen more from them this right. family that moves in kind of just we find out that they they move in they find out about it they're like upset and we hear see from them like one more time and then they're just we don't really know what happens the, just a part of the town they just right. settle in <laughs> right so our main characters that are that we're hearing from are all men uh, well, no. Three men and one woman. Let me back up. It's Steve, who's a psychiatrist. His son, Tyler. It's Grim, who is the head of Hex. And then a woman named Griselda. Mm-hmm. I hate it. How did, how, did you, yeah, how did you feel about these characters? So, um, Griselda, I understood her logic. I honestly sympathize with her, like, with things, the things she went through, like, her right. husband was obviously, you know, killed by the witch, and then it's just like swept under the rug. Even though, like, he was he was abusive. He's abusive piece of shit, and her life was a lot better without him. It's still like you know, it's still a, a like an effect on her and her son. But she was she was obsessive. Like she just knew that she had all the answers, and that only she had a good relationship with the witch. And she was just really creepy and just gross. I hated her character, which I found I was like, that's really shitty because she was the she was the only female point of view we really got. Right. Um, and the one we got was shitty. Grim was cool. He did everything he could. Honestly, like I felt for him. He was a town hero. He tried his damn best, but you know, hotter heads prevailed. <laughs> Right. And um, Tyler was a dumbass kid. I don't know why the fuck. I don't know why the fuck he was even allowed to have. Okay, so Tyler, right? He was Steven's, sorry, Steve's son, right? Mm-hmm. And Tyler was um, high school, I think senior high school? No, senior, was he? Yeah. yeah, senior year high school. Um, had a girlfriend who lived outside of Black Spring. Obviously, he couldn't tell her about what was going on. Obviously, she couldn't come visit as much as they wanted her to because there were, like, restrictions. And so he had a YouTube channel where he would just, like, pull pranks with his friends. I don't understand how he was even allowed to have a camera and a YouTube channel mm-hmm. when they were under, like, this secret code, this this decree that you cannot show anything of um, the goat, the witch, Catherine Van Wilder, Van Wilder was her name. Right. You cannot catch her. She cannot be caught on camera. No sound about her. You can't mention her. It was just a huge, like, nightmare to have this boy have a YouTube channel. I'm confused as to why the hell he still had it. And why his parents were like, okay, Steve, he was just a dad. He wasn't really much going on there. Right. I, I, yeah, I agree with all of your points. Um, so Tyler, Tyler's whole thing is he he uh, feels trapped as, as all these other people do, but he hates growing up there, and he feels like, well, if we, 
he's he's starting this thing where he's trying to get people to like uh, see the ghost, or he's going against the rules of not having cameras and of not showing the outside world, Catherine. Of course, they don't want to show the out Catherine to the outside world because then people would flock to the city or whatever, move in, and then you would have more people who are actively being cursed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they, they, they can't risk this getting out. And they can't risk people wanting to open her eyes and mouth because in the 60s, somebody had tried to do that and they were killed. So, the and multiple times throughout this his town's history that has happened. I feel for what it ultimately ended up happening to him because he didn't deserve the way that his friends like turned on him. Right. Uh, Griselda's son, Jaden, and I was like, of course oh. it's Jaden. Why is there always got to be a Jaden? <laughs> Griselda's a piece of shit, and her son was an even bigger piece of shit. Like, right. And I think it's like a commentary on how abuse is cyclical and how if you don't break that chain, it can it it can repeat not saying it always does but it can mm -hmm. um but Jaden was just a really angry kid who like didn't care about anything or anybody he was just super angry and at one point and again full spoiler he he um the witch is in one of their friends houses and he was like oh I want to See what her boobs look like. I want to see what 300 year old boobs look like. And he takes a knife on a stick and like rips her dress and exposes her breast. And because he 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 accidentally cuts her, this like black blood I'm assuming like oozes from her. And uh, it's just grotesque and it's shitty mm -hmm. and it's definitely. It's a horror book. It's meant to horrify you. Um, I thought Steve was stupid, too. <laughs> yeah, he was just really just there being a dad. Like, being a dumb suburban white dad. Completely oblivious. Right. And I thought that it was... But I did think it was really unfair when um, they they had that argument that him and his wife Jocelyn and she kind of was like, you're the, you're the reason why we're in this. Because they moved to Black Spring. <laughs> For his job, which also didn't make sense because it didn't seem like he had his practice in Black Spring. So no, I don't know. So who is... I believe that Steve was born there. Is what it was. I think he was born there and he grew up with it. And he met his wife and they fell in love, got married. Right. And he moved. Yeah, she moved and like you know he wasn't really allowed to tell her until they were like you know married, married, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, I yeah, the 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 thing I did like about Steve is the thing that is his undoing, which is that he was extremely close to one of his sons, to Tyler. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we don't really see that much in a lot of media of a father figure being like. This child is everything to me. They're my heart and soul. I would do anything for them. And just see that devotion and how, like, they had two sons. And Tyler Steve was the comments favorite. on, yeah, Steve comments on how Tyler was like his son and Matt was his wife's son because they were closer. And I guess Matt was gay. So we're not going to comment on how that's kind of like a, 
Oh, well, of course, that's how you did it, right? Mm -hmm. Jason is closer to the mom. But I, I just think that it's not very often that we see that kind of, that level of devotion for fathers when it comes to their children. It's usually always a mom who's like, I would sacrifice anything, and this is my son, and they're my favorite, and da-da-da. So that aspect of Steve I liked, but ultimately it's his undoing. Because again, spoiler, Steve is the one who ultimately ends up opening Catherine's eyes and mouth after they lose Tyler in a horrific manner and almost lose Matt and then fuckery abounds. Oh my god, child. I just feel like that town was a powder keg. Like, mm-hmm. they were eventually going to be... It makes sense that they were, spoiler, that they were their own undoing. Catherine really yes. watched, sat back and watched it, watched the watched the revelry happen. Like, she ain't mm-hmm. shit. She just sat there and watched it happen. And they, they all, they destroyed themselves. In mm-hmm. the exactly. And I like that aspect of the ending, of how you have all this buildup of how she's this evil bitch and she's gonna do all this, that, and the third, and she has killed people before, and she corners Grim, and she almost kills him. Because the other thing about it is that, like, they're leery about opening her mouth because, uh, I guess her whispers or incantations can, even just getting too close to her, Mm -hmm. her incantations can make somebody, again, have thoughts of unaliving themselves. And that's just what happens to Tyler is that Jaden sneaks in Jaden or Griselda I'm Griselda. on the fence of who it was Griselda I thought did it, was it. Griselda yeah Jaden wasn't in his revenge. right mind to do it it was her she wanted revenge so Jaden so Jaden and uh, okay so backing up Tyler basically tells his parents that him and his friends have been filming the witch and doing all this stuff to try to like start a thing right revolution but Jaden takes it too far and he and his like the, the little homeboys who end up running with him end up throwing stones at the witch and like making her fall down and g- giving her all these injuries and so he's like this shit's gone too far Jaden's off off like he's just off not right nuts. you know he's off the rails he's taking this too far so he tells his dad and so basically Tyler like rats on his friends so that he gets immunity and is like he and his little friend Lawrence are shown as like oh they're heroes for bringing this to the everybody's attention so we're just gonna ignore that they had a camera on Catherine in the first place and so these these kids and this is I did want to get your opinion on this mm-hmm. too is so Jaden and I think it was like two other kids mm-hmm one of whom is the only person of color in the book fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) only person of color in the book but um these three people the the kids the rule is that if you do something like this then you will be punished and these kids end up getting a lashing which is basically their hit with a cat of nine tails right now there's this like Steve feels this overwhelming sense of this is wrong and if we do this we're no better than the people who condemned Catherine and I understand that we're trying to protect the town but why not just give them probation why not just take their phones away why not just 
do something that's not archaic. The other side of town is like, these kids are, I think that they run this shit. They've already shown that they have no problem behaving like they're too big for their britches. Mm -hmm. God, I'm like 60 when I say that. And so we're gonna give them a punishment that's really gonna get to them because obviously nothing else, words, nothing like that is gonna get to them. So what side of the coin did you fall on? Did you yeah. think that the kids sh should have been punished in that way? Or do you think, because Jaden, who's 18 at this point, gets like 20 lashes and the other two get 10 because they're 17. Yeah. What did you think? I do not think that they should have given these people lashes. That is absolutely nuts. And what mm -hmm. if they died, right? Because people can die from stuff like that. Um, I think that they should have gotten jail time. They did endanger people. I see the little birdie. The big ass crow. Sorry, just I just see the reflection <laughs> of my computer. This big ass crow just land right behind me. Just okay. Like, <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they should have gotten lashes or like physically harmed. I do think that right. they should have gone to jail for a while because because not only did they get lashes and were like passed out and bloody and just just out of just out of it they also got sent to what they call doodle town which is right. like this this padded cell like this padded reinforced prison um that's outside of the town border and they put them in straight jackets and because you can't be outside of the town border for too long um and they put them out there for three weeks by the way um if you're out there for too long you start to have the visions that you want to unalive yourself and it drives you absolutely nuts and so not only were they injured they their minds were broken and so i thought that was just like extreme like these and when they came back they were not normal they were not themselves they were mm -hmm. completely traumatized so was right. it a punishment or did you just ruin three lives to save your hide right yeah um i i definitely had mixed feelings because, okay, so knowing how the book ends, I definitely think that they should not have been punished the way that they were. In the moment, I was like, they need, regardless, something needed, they needed some kind of like reprimand of, yo, you just almost put all of our lives in danger. But I, I think that lashing was still like, definitely too extreme. I think that they needed to be Doodle Town would have been sufficient. Yeah. I think uh, obviously not having access to internet, not having access to to the outside world, even just like a house arrest where they're by themselves or there's this whole like uh, cell system underneath the church that could have been where they were. They ended up setting like if they hadn't done that, then Griselda wouldn't have taken revenge on Tyler. Mm -hmm. Tyler wouldn't have died. Matt wouldn't have been injured. Mm -hmm. Steve wouldn't have opened Catherine's eyes. And all of the rest of this wouldn't have happened. Right. And so it's definitely this book, I think, does a good job of, of showing how one decision could really have this just this ripple effect of how you see these dominoes falling and like if this hadn't happened this hadn't happened this this these situations wouldn't have been when it ended up happening um do we know what happened to griselda 
Um, what happened to Griselda? Nothing happened to her. She probably was just one of the many people who uh, unalived themselves. At the end. The end. At the end, yeah, because... Right, you know, after so... After what happened with Jaden, I mm -hmm. imagine she would have done that. Right. Because Jaden, I think, was, uh, was killed by townsfolk. Mm-hmm. Like, ripped apart viciously to where he was nothing mm -hmm. but a pulp. Right. Now, here's here's what got me, okay? Here's where I was like, y'all deserve all these things mm -hmm. and not teaching you. So, Catherine, so Steve undoes Catherine's eyes and mouth because he's like, I, I need my son. And can you bring my son back? I know that you brought your son back or whatever the fuck. Can you help me? Obviously, she's just like this. This whole situation on my face, you do it. Take care of this. He undoes her chains, he undoes her mouth and eyes. Ramifications are being felt instantly, where if you are not in the town and you're from there, you start to have these crazy vision, not crazy, these uh, intense visions of wanting to unalive yourself. If you're not from the town and you're in there, you just feel like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. This ain't for me, I need to leave. And so she kidnaps children, not saying it's right, but she kidnaps two children. And she's walking through this town and everybody's in this like town center and, and are like, what's happening, da da da, they've already got their weapons, they've already been beating each other's asses. Like they went from zero to 60 real yes. quick. She wasn't even around and these people were already like beating each other's asses. but. She's walking through, and she's got these two kids, like, holding on to them. And she's looking at him, and she's just, like, kind of like, this is all I want. This is all I have wanted, is to not be enshackled, is to not have my eyes and lips mm -hmm. bound, is just to be okay. Like, my child, her child died. The whole reason why she's in this position is because she had a child who died from smallpox. And then somebody said that they saw that child roaming the woods like the next night, basically intimating that she resurrected this child and saying that she's a witch. Honestly, I don't even know that she fully was a witch. I just right. think she she probably just like cursed. As we're killing her, she probably like cursed everybody. I don't even know if she was a witch to begin with. That as she's walking through with these kids, this fucking dumbass dude who has never shot a gun in his life oh my god yes never no. shot a gun either trips or just decides it's his lucky day and he just boom 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 and he ends up instead of hitting Catherine he hits the children and they are no more thus sparking the wrath of Catherine like it really did seem like she was just gonna let them all be like, okay, deuces, I'm out, kids. I got these kids, right. I'm gonna be in the woods, curse is over, nice to see you, She didn't look like she didn't look yeah. like anymore, she looked like a young, beautiful woman again, like... Yeah, Diane, good hair, Joe, see you later, <laughs> I'm going to the woods. Right. And then this happens, and she's just like, bitch... No, note the wind picking up as I'm talking about this. <laughs> Let it out, Catherine. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. And so 
basically she just is like, all right, unleash the fucking storm on y'all. But they did it to themselves. Yeah. They destroyed themselves, basically. Poetic justice. <sighs> I just wanted it to be more, I don't know. I think I wanted it to be a little more. Um, but the ending with Steve freaked me the fuck out. And I was like, well, I'm going to bed now. Good night. <laughs> oh, that man ended up sacrificing his family. He lost his shit. And it's funny because in the beginning, Tyler asked him what we thought was a dumbass question. Like, hey, um, who would you save if you if you could only save one? Me or an entire village in like Somalia or something, right? And his dad was like, how can you ask me that dumbass question? Like, That's silly, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you'd save me, right? He's like, of course I'd save, I guess I'd save you. You're my son, I don't know those people. You know, joking about it. And then it like comes full circle that he sacrificed the town for his son. He sacrificed his wife and his other son for his favorite. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even get Tyler back anyway. It like, was implied he, that he got Tyler back. It's implied that he got but Tyler back. But we don't back. know for sure. And we don't know if it's a situation where Tyler is is how he was before he died, or if it's, it's like giving pet cemetery. It's giving pet cemetery. It's giving season five of Buffy the body where it's like you don't know how she's gonna come back. Ooh, mm-hmm. that episode. Sorry, <laughs> just I've been on a Buffy binge, and that episode is excellent, excellent. Um, that was Hex. Mm-hmm. I give it. I definitely give it five Blackulas. It's a very good, it's a good horror book. There's a lot of creepy shit, and it's definitely an examination of humankind. What yeah. about you? How shitty they are. I gave it five Blackulas. Like, when I finished right. it, I was like, five. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> no hesitation. I was thoroughly entertained. Right. Yeah. Question. It's one of the, yeah. Uh, I think even just as, an, as a sociological, sociological, uh, experiment. It's definitely a good book. So, what's what's on the docket next? I will say, um, this is kind of witchy in a way. It includes summoning and conjuring, which is what witches do, and that is Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Did you did you ever get a chance to finish it or no or read it? I've I've been reading it. I started okay. uh, the other day, so I'm not finished, but I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it. I so I, this will be spoiler free. Because I I like to spoil it for you anyway. Um, And I actually finished it. So Hmm. um, how are you, first, before I get into it, how are you feeling about it so far? Well, Quiet is kept, I like it better than uh, the other book we read by V. Castro. It's, it's... uh, The Queen of the Cicadas, better than... Queen of the Cicadas. The story so far is better. Mm -hmm. It gets into the tension right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, more engaged with the characters. Mm -hmm. uh, And off like jump i'm like okay what's happening what's this like we're talking within the first three pages mm-hmm. some shit pops off and you're just like oh wait a minute wait a minute yeah. i thought we were in the setup she jumps us right into the action and i do appreciate that because i appreciate that so much is like that cool it's linear number one so point <laughs> against uh queen of the cicadas already but plus a point for goddess of filth we know what we know what decade we're in by the second chapter. It's the '90s, y'all, um, <laughs> uh, which I was enjoying big time. Um, 
and there's no meandering, which is my favorite thing in the world. And I also Me know his point meandering? of view. Meandering. <laughs> like the way she did it in in um, the Queen of the Cicadas, it was like jumping all around from different points of views and just all over the place. Right. And I was like. When are we gonna get like the story wasn't progressing she kept jumping back and back and back it wasn't like going forward um so this book does not do that it does jump back here and there but it's for a reason it's important um and i don't know it just makes more sense it's a lot i feel like it's better writing i believe this book came out after queen of the cicadas right i think so okay I so, you know, she's showing improvement as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, yeah, I loved the entire concept of the book. It was good. It was creepy. It was, it's a, it's what you expect of V. Castro now that you've read her work already. Like, I'm like, yep, this is her, like, style. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying it. Um, girl, there's some parts where I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It's a good, it's good, though. It's good. You're going to really enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. I and I, and again the 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 perspective is so great. I I'm because it it's so tangible. If that makes sense, you know when you read a book and you're like, I know the time and place. I can I can just picture myself there. Yeah. I know what it smells like. I know what yeah. the clothes are like. Yeah. She does a really good job in this one so far of painting a picture of the characters, and I really like. Um, our main character at Lourdes a lot more than our main character in Queen of the Cicadas. Mm -hmm. And I like the the line that stuck out with me so far is where she talks about how she's not smart, she's not this, she's not that, but she knows how to take control. Yeah. And you see her actions from her friends mm -hmm. of everybody looking at her like she's good at taking control. Right. And I really appreciate that that was how she's described. Mm -hmm. I like the friend group. It's um, we've got the main character Lourdes. Ooh, that's nice. Who gave you that? I got a delivery from a a person. Oh, that's nice. Um, but the main character uh, Lourdes, and then her friend Fernanda, who is the one who gets possessed. So right. it's always fun. It is actually kind of Lourdes's fault because they just her and the other two friends, Anna and Pauline, they just they all decide to hold a seance. Wait, it's three friends, right? It's Anna, Pauline, and Perla. Oh yeah, sorry. What did I say? Anna Pauline, Anna and Perla. Pauline. I miss I miss Perla. Anna Pauline, right. Perla, Fernanda, and Lourdes. Lourdes. So it's five friends. And so um Lourdes is kinda like leading it, like, yeah, let's do a seance. It'll be cool. And of course it wasn't because um, your homegirl, Fernanda, started like having mad, like red tide, if you know what I mean, and right. hissing and like just being all around creepy weird. And the friends were like, oh, what's happening? They quickly turn on the lights and then she stops and, you know, Fernanda passes out and Lourdes is like, it's cool. Go home, you guys. I'll stay here. I'll clean up. And I'll take care of her when she wakes up. You know, I'll keep you guys up to date and I'll take her home. So, you know, she does wake up. Um, and, you know, she's like, what the fuck happened to me? I don't understand what happened to me. She doesn't remember. And Lourdes is like, yeah, <clears throat> don't worry about it. You know, get your period or whatever. She doesn't really like go into it. She doesn't want to freak her friend out. She drops her off. She drops Fernanda off and they think it's cool. 
but um, unfortunately, Fernanda's mom, Martha, not Martha, wow, Fernanda's mom, Maria, mm -hmm. that was her name, Maria, comes into uh, Lourdes's work and is like, you're a witch, you're evil, what did you do to my daughter, you know? This is your fault. What do you and your friends do? And Lourdes is like, we ain't do shit. What are you talking about? And she's like, you did something to her. She's acting crazy. She's acting weird. Um, and so Lourdes is like, we were just playing a game. And she's like, what did you do? Did you like conjure something? My daughter's possessed now. So, you know, now they got to figure out what's going on and how to get their friend unpossessed. <laughs> and it's a wild ride from there. It's a good, it's a really good story because... There are, there are whole reasons. I won't get too much into it, but it all wraps up quite nicely. I dig it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this so far. And that's the thing is that, you know, you and I spoke about Queen of the Cicadas before and how we we enjoyed this author's uh, B. Castro. We enjoyed her style. We enjoyed, like, aspects of the book. Mm -hmm. And she's really good at painting a creepy picture. Mm -hmm. That down. Like, the moment where the chick puts her foot in the slipper with the spider... No, Haunted, haunts my dreams. Okay, so to she's really good. I check my, my shoes. <laughs> to this day, <laughs> so she's real good at like painting those type of pictures and and setting atmosphere. And so what I've read of this so far is it feels definitely like mm -hmm. a lot quicker. The pacing's be better. Better. It's Agreed. the pacing. It's the pacing. It's so much better. The pacing and the timeline. It's right. just, oof, girl, it's so good. I, and it's such a quick read. I, I started reading it yesterday. It's only like, it's less than 200 pages. I started reading it yesterday. I finished it today. Even though I was at work like all fucking day. <laughs> but I probably am going to go to bed with nightmares. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Ooh, nightmares. Nightmares. It's giving nightmares. <laughs> um... I like how we start talking about witches and instantly the wind starts just wrapping up or, you know, hurling where I'm at mm -hmm. and then a fucking crow. Here's the thing, as a sidebar. So I live in Santa Cruz, okay? Now, the birds, the movie The Birds with Tippi Hedren mm -hmm. was uh, supposed to be in Sebastopol, which is northern kind of Bay Area by the ocean. Right, it's Northern California, over the Golden Gate. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they should have really said it here because when I tell you <laughs> the amount of crows that I see and hear in my daily life, I am also like lightweight, a superstitious person. So I'm like, okay, how many crows is it? If you see them, that means it's a bad omen. But does one crow cancel out another crow? And if you see like a murder of crows, what's happening? Are you gonna get murdered? Or is that like a, they bringing you luck? Mm -hmm. Listen, crows everywhere in the city oh, all the wow. time. So they should have they should have said it that shit here. You could just have a ridiculous amount of roadkill. It could it, maybe and like, and like gross like maybe the water is just like fish are dying left and right. You don't know because like they uh, they they swim around carcasses. I mean, look, That's you know <laughs> when. It's like there's there's dead crab and like fish and shit because mm -hmm. the smell. There's this um, so I live in one area and there's this walk along the cliffside, and it just goes straight from Natural Bridges, which is like a state park area. That's the beach I live closest by. Let me not me telling my location. Oh yeah, be careful. <laughs> um, 
natural bridges, and then it goes to the boardwalk, uh, which is Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, and the warm California Sun Boardwalk. <laughs> Memorize. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> Yo, that shit haunted my childhood. Every summer. I we, Here in Michigan, um, it's not that. It's definitely the... Um, the Kia uh, commercial on the on the radio, and they just go like, "You should be driving a Kia." Or somebody plays Kia, and I'm like, everybody, everybody ever in Michigan, we're just like, "You should be driving a Kia." Oh my it's God. a part. It's a part of our lives and our psyche now. So anyway, fish, crows, whatever. But I, I definitely will. I plan on finishing Goddess of Filth. Mm. I think it's really great. Um, so, so how many Blackulas do you give it? I was giving it to four, four Blackulas. Mm, four Blackulas. Okay. Solid. I dig it. I think we gave Queen of the Cicadas like two, two and a half Blackulas. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. So this is definitely good. And I think Goddess of Filth won, and was it a Bram Stoker Award, or at least was nominated. Mm-hmm. So shout out to V Castro for that. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Wait, what's what's their name? Victoria. I think so. I believe so. No, Violet. So sorry, Violet is mm-hmm. their name. And I don't know what pronouns they go by, so I'm just gonna say they. Love to see it. So we're gonna move on to this next one. I'm sure y'all have heard of it. If you have not, so look. I'm gonna just keep it real with you. I slept on this book. I slept on it. Too long. How dare I? Right. A witch aficionado. A witch writer. I All I write lately, and probably in perpetuity, being real, is witches. <laughs> so the fact that I, Amanda Ross, slept on the year of the witching is a shame the fuck on me. But I have started this. Um, I started this last Friday. No, last sometime last week. I'm hooked. I love this book. I love this author. The atmosphere, the like, I was home by myself last Friday and then I got to the part where she's looking at the foundations of the, the house, like her grandmother's house or whatever, and they're talking. And I was like, oh shit, okay. It's dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn some TV on. <laughs> what, I, what I won't be doing is reading the rest of this book right. by myself. Like, hold up. I had auntie vibes. I was in my robe too. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> no, no, not today. I'm not about to do that to myself. <laughs> Turn some I feel YouTube that. shit. <laughs> right, I feel that. You watch a Disney movie to help you race. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching like cat videos and shit. <laughs> yes, The Year of the Witching um, by... What's her name? Alexis Alex. Henderson. Alexis, yeah, Alexis thank you. Henderson. Alexis Henderson. If you look at Alexis Henderson's author profile, she looks like a witch. And I'm jealous. Her profile pic. She looks like a witch. I'm like, yep, yep. She looks like the people she writes about, and I'm, I'm for it. I just remember the way that The Forest was written was like chef's kiss. I was like, yeah, I don't want to go in there, and I don't want my main character to go in there either. Like, can we just 
have village life. I'll, I'll stay here for the village vibes. Um, you don't right. have to go into the into the woods. But of course, the bitch goes into the woods and stumbles upon some shit she had no business stumbling upon. Right. So for those of you who haven't read Year of the Witching and ha- have been just uh, late to the party as I was, um, Year of the Witching is set, don't exactly know the year, it feels very 1700s, 1800s to me. And our main character is Emmanuel, 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 who is, uh, she's biracial, but she heavily favors her father's side, so she's the only person in her village who is black, basically, and um, her it's a it's a, a heavily patriarchal society. There are these prophets that seem to stem from like one family or whatever, and then there's these apostles. Plural, I think I don't know if the official term is like plural marriage, but uh, polygamy is a thing. Where these men are marrying multiple women and girls because it's not just women a lot of them their wives tend to be like um, 16 17 whatever right mm-hmm. and um there's this thing where it's this village there's these woods around it and they're told don't go into the it's called the dark wood because the mother or like these witches that live in the dark wood will fuck you up basically yep and Emmanuel, Manuel, who never knew her mother, who died giving childbirth, as quite common during this time, her mother, Miriam, had said that she she was messing around with this man named Daniel. And it seemed like they genuinely loved each other from the mm-hmm. from what I'm gathering. Right. And um, she got pregnant. He was m- killed because they were caught Mm -hmm. and Miriam ran into the woods and was said that she was basically spent this winter in this cabin in the woods so kind of the duration of most of her pregnancy with Emmanuel in the woods and then she shows up home she gives birth to Emmanuel and now Emmanuel is like 16 and she is a shepherd she lives with her mom's family she lives with her grandfather her grandmother and her grandfather's second wife and and her children mm-hmm. and so she just they're they're poor they're they've had shame cast upon their family because of what miriam did mm-hmm. because everybody says miriam was like a witch or whatever because miriam was supposed to have been a wife of the prophet yep. and she said fuck that and took a knife to his face and then fled and this is, I think, another reason why Emmanuel's father was killed is because the prophet was jelly. Yes, <laughs> those exact words. You know, jelly. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so Emmanuel, again, she's she's the only black person in this village. Everybody else is white, and they're all looking at her wild. And the only person who befriended her as a kid is this girl named Leah. And the only other person that seems to want to befriend her as an as a teen is this kid named Ezra and Ezra is giving very naughty pastor's son like mm-hmm. very much like the pastor's kids always are the worst and he has good reason because his father ain't shit mm-hmm. his father really ain't shit 
and so uh, Ezra is well read. He's like that that bad boy who likes to read and likes to talk about how not every woman who was murdered by the church was a witch and sometimes these things happen for the the prophet's personal gain and for the church's personal gain and so he's uh seems to to be very aware of what has happened to these women and how the women that are being called witches that are in the wood may not necessarily be or have in life were witches emmanuel ends up in the wood she gets hold of her mother's diary and she starts like seeing all these drawings of these witches and then she she and again spoilers she sees this list of four things that keep repeating it's blood blight darkness and slaughter and her mom keeps repeating it repeating it so she's thinking okay my mom was off the rails she must have been like delirious or something she's pregnant she was cold whatever but as things start happening in this village (laughs) <laughs> Emmanuel starts to think, like, maybe something happened that, like, I have caused this this plague to happen. And boy, does she find out that she kind of is a root cause. Because, uh, again, spoilers, her mother basically made a deal with the mother in this, in this world. It's not, you know, a... a Satan and God, it's the father and the mother, and the father represents goodness, and the mother represents sin, of course. Of course. And so she made a deal with Lilith, who's like the head witch or whatever, to bring upon like a plague on this town, and Emmanuel would be the one to deliver it. And so her mother also is somebody who used her as a pawn to get revenge. And things happen, Emmanuel's trying to figure out a way to stop it and to save all these people, not just because she she loves her family, uh, but because she also ultimately loves Ezra, and because she loves her friend Leah, who, we find out, had been trigger warning, taken it, uh, sexually assaulted by the prophet at, mm-hmm. when she was like 13, because she becomes his wife at like 16, and then she tells Emmanuel, oh, I'm pregnant and Emmanuel's like y'all have only been married a month what and so she puts two and two together and realizes that he has been after her well before they even got married and so he married her basically to cover up his shame that, to cover it up, the yeah. shame and unfortunately Leah passes away because this is a society that is very save the child, fuck the mother, mm-hmm. and Leah dies. Now, I, me, I, as for me, I would have been like, Ezra, get your shit, we ride it dawn. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Nobody else. But what about you? There's Definitely. a bug in my wine. So Stuck around it. That's what I do. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> Extra protein, whatever. Um, right. no. um, so I ended up giving the Year of the Witching five Blackulas. I, um, the creepy factor was there for me. Um, when she leaves her town for reasons, how do you want to say? 
that part scared the living shit out of me. I was worried, child. I was like oh legit, wor- like worried for her. I was like, please go back home. Please go back home. Please go back home. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, even though that the town of Bethel, where she's from, pretty horrendous, <laughs> it was familiar to me and familiar to her. She had family there, and I was like, just please go back home. It's just this is a fool's errand. Please go back home. Oh my god. Um, also. Like I said, the woods was creepy. Um, that lake she went to? No. No, 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 Something about witches, ghosts, demons, and lakes. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I, it, it, it does something. And I'm like, no. So I loved that this is altogether a, again, a social commentary on how we treat women, on patriarchal society, on how... Um, powerful women are treated and I also powerful black and brown women because um Emmanuel's grandmother was like labeled a witch and so she fled from Bethel Mm -hmm. the second her son was they had his number and they decided that he was gonna die she was like okay warning my son now I have to go and she dipped to save her life Mm -hmm. and so I I fully am like this is just so shitty. And then when Emmanuel, I felt really bad when she goes to like see this to the outskirts where basically all the black people live. Mm-hmm. And she's seeing all of these things that she has been taught to associate at, with as evil. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily treated as evil. They're kind of treated as like, this is the duality and this is the way of the world. And I definitely uh, can see that in the way that we and I say we like as a society as a raised to be Christian society treat other religions and treat other spiritualities and treat other things that aren't Abrahamic and and by Abrahamic I mean like white right like I'm talking about Christianity and to a certain extent Judaism but then it's like people who are Muslim are like treated as extremists and people who are beyond that or treated as just not even considered the amount of times with this roe v wade stuff i've heard people saying this is sharia law without realizing nah boo this is like christian oh, shit. like yeah. this this is not we don't need okay. to bring another religion into this it has been mind-boggling this last week so i definitely think that this book is is more prescient than when it first dropped also, I think it's very interesting how the town Bethel, they're, 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 they're like, you know, everyone's kind of locked in. You're not really allowed to leave or come and go mm-hmm. as you please because they, they're like the outside world is evil. It's full of sinners and robbers and murderers and just like, you know, horrible um, people are diseased and everything. Whereas like in Bethel, people are sick. People are dying. People are doing uh, horrible things to each other and cursed by this black forest and once she actually leaves sure it's kind of bad on the road but then like she gets to other civilizations and it's like this ain't even as bad as they tried to make it seem mm-hmm. it might actually be a lot better because you have a lot more freedom right. <laughs> outside and there are people who look like you and so I was like well this is a very interesting, very interesting setting, very interesting right. setup. 
so I I love this book. I can cannot cannot wait for House of Hunger by this author. I'm this her book comes out the day after mine, so it's gonna be like a double celebration for me because I'm Excellent. gonna be celebrating my own achievement, my own dark witchiness book coming out, and then this this other one, which I think is like a vampire vibe. So September October lit as always. Spooky season. I can't wait. I'm so excited for spooky season. Although mm -hmm. I'm definitely there is a there is a YouTuber um, who does this thing called Summerween. <laughs> we're doing mm -hmm. it. <laughs> like, I'm mm -hmm. like we're doing it. Any time, any reason to read horror films? I don't not horror films, horror books. I don't even need a reason. But Summerween sounds like fun. <laughs> I highly agree. So. Moving on from Year of the Witching, um, let's get into another series. And this is definitely something that just we've been dying to talk about. And I think we will do a whole episode on a, an aspect of this. But justice for Bonnie Bennett. Oh my we're going to talk about the Vampire Diary. <laughs> yeah. Iconic Witch. Yes. So... First of all, Vampire Diaries books, Bonnie is a white, pale white redhead, and her um, magic, it can be related back to um, druids. Right. In the show, she is black, with a capital B, um, and her magic relationship, like her lineage is linked to Salem witches. Right. Um, so that, that already they, they changed things in the show. So we're talking about show Bonnie Bennett, the black one, because right. they did her wrong, which is why it's hashtag justice for Bonnie Bennett corner right now. Um, so she starts off as a young, fresh ingenue, season one, best friend to our main girl, Elena Gilbert. In the Ugh. town of Mystic Falls. Everyone hates Elena <laughs> by the end, by the way. But we're not here to talk about Elena. We're here to talk about Bonnie motherfucking Bennett. Yes. Okay? Yes. So Bonnie are. Bennett um, grew up raised by her grandmother. Her father was clearly traveling and working. So her grandmother right. looked after her. And shout out to Jasmine Guy who plays yes. her grandmother. Because what? when I saw that it was Jasmine Guy, my heart was so happy. Mm -hmm. Whitley! And Whitley. something I hated was the fact that she, her grandmother was the tra the town drunk, basically. Like, she was boozy. She was a boozy old lady who I also did, was yeah. a professor. So I was like, okay, cool. Okay, but, like, how does that... Like, how why that would you do sense? that, right? The math isn't, didn't math to me when I saw yeah. that. Yeah, it, it was irritating, and it also wasn't a secret that she was boozy. So I was like, okay, that's really shitty. Um... And you know, Bonnie Bennett is the, she's popular. She's a cheerleader. She's pretty, you know, she's, um, she hangs out with popular people, grew up in Mystic Falls her whole life. And um, she has no idea of her magical lineage for a nice few episodes of the first season. Um, it's not until, you know, the, Salv the Salvatore brothers start coming in to the picture that her magic starts to awaken and right. eventually it gets to the point where she's so freaked out she needs to go talk to her grandmother and be like hey I'm getting premonitions when I touch certain people I'm seeing things I am you know lighting stuff on fire 
what is going on? So her grandmother's like, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, No, I did. you didn't. <laughs> I did. So her grandmother's like, well, guess what? You come from a long line of witches, powerful witches at that. Like the Bennett line is the shit, okay? It's the boss Bennett line. Um, and I'm going to teach you how to control your power and how to use it responsibly and blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, what happens is Bonnie does not use her power responsibly. In fact, her friends use her constantly from episode, what, five through all eight seasons. They use her power and they use her up. And when she doesn't have any power, they act like she don't exist. But we'll backtrack right no yeah that's that's cheap because um the the actress both on the show on screen and off screen was not treated well by the writers and the producers and the creators of the show and bonnie was the one i would say who suffered the most yes elena lost her parents yes uh her brother who i could not stand dies for a little bit but he comes back but Bonnie ends up losing her grandmother, her father, and her mother. And then the one, like, both of her lovers at, at a certain point, right? Three. She gets, all three of her lovers. Three. She gets <laughs> trapped in a, in a ghost dimension for a bit. And then, when, and then she sacrifices herself so Damon could get out. And then she's stuck there for further however long it takes for them to get her. And then she loses her best friend because Elena is her best friend. And, you know, with Bonnie coming back, Elena is sleeping or whatever that curse is. So Bonnie is the one who ends up losing the entire ass most. And they act like when she tries to set a boundary and put her foot down and be like, I can't do this. I won't do this. Like she's inconveniencing them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, girl, you are the one that all of this is your fault. All of this, everything is on you, Elena. Yeah. And it just, she deserved so much better. And I also will say, I definitely shipped Bonnie and Damon. So I for real feel like that should have been a thing. It was supposed to be. Even though, like, a Bonnie and Enzo was cute, but Damon and Bonnie would have been. That's the thing. It was supposed to be Damon and Bonnie. In the books, Damon and Bonnie fall in love. But Julie motherfucking Pleck, who is a show creator, runner, whatever, didn't want Bonnie to be with Damon because she saw herself with Bonnie or with with Damon. And so she ended up, instead of making Stefan and Elena in game, which I think was initially what a lot of people had wanted, Mm -hmm. she ended up making Damon and Elena Elena in game instead of making Damon and Bonnie in game. So in my fantasy, Stefan and Elena end up together. Uh, Stefan does not marry Caroline. Mm-hmm. And Damon and Bonnie end up together. together. And, and Caroline gets to be a hoe because she deserves Caroline gets to be with Klaus. Caroline is in game forever. Cla- yes. Claroline. Caroline moves to New Orleans to be with Klaus. Right. That should have been that yes. should have been the end of that. Because I was like, they would have been a great couple, but alas. That is not what happens. And then <laughs> Elijah gets to be with me. <laughs> yeah, Elijah was shoot. He was awesome. I love Elijah. Oof, Elijah. Um, but yeah, I just remember 
I remember that one where Bonnie, um, they, they set it up so that it's Bonnie pretends to die when, remember when Klaus took over Alaric's body? Right. And so they had to make it seem like Bonnie died. And they were like, yeah, cool. So everything goes, Elena's the only one who's in the dark. She doesn't know that Bonnie, it was all a setup and it was fake because they had to kind of sell it to her to make it seem real. And so afterwards they tell her like, hey, Bonnie is actually alive. And so Elena's like, no one's dying for me. Bonnie cannot die for me. I won't allow it. And Damon's, Damon's like, I'll let everybody die, including Bonnie, to save your life. And I'm like, piece of shit. That's when I knew Damon was a piece of shit. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that the actor, so Ian Somerhalder, because mm -hmm. uh, the show was consistently trying to underutilize Bonnie and essentially write her off. And da uh, Ian Somerhalder was like, if she goes, I go. And they knew that he was the draw. Like, no offense mm -hmm. to Stefan stands, but Damon, I think there are a lot more Damon girls than Stefan. Yeah, girls. and Summerholder is hotter than that right. other one. And <laughs> let me not say girls. Ian Summerholder stands because stands, period. you're multitudes. So, I, and I think that he definitely is the one that, and I appreciate that he was like, let me keep her on the show because she deserves it. She's great. Mm -hmm. We love to see it. Mm -hmm. I and I think even he was like, "Let's have Bonnie and Damon get together. They have great. Yeah, they were fighting. They've for had it. this whole imitate, you know, uh, enemies to lovers vibe, oh. enemies to best friends to lovers. Let's just make this a thing. Like, it let's make just sense. make this happen. It would have made a lot more sense to me. I never really thought Elena and Damon had chemistry beyond like fucking around under Stefan's nose. Like once Stefan found out. I was like, okay. Okay, okay. So, so that line and? that Stefan gave her when she was like, why would you do this? Like, why would you go with her? She tried to kill me, blah, blah, blah. And she was all upset and hurt or whatever. And he was like, he was like, you know, you don't know what I'm like when I'm not in love with you. And I was like, ooh, the bird. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, everybody, everybody hated Elena by yeah. then. So I was like, the bird. <laughs> Yes, because she ended up, and again, I fully feel like you and I should do a show where we talk about this phenomenon where the 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 backlash of the cool girl, where Elena initially was written as this like cool girl, jeans and a t-shirt, you know, vibe, a juxtaposition to Caroline, who is this super feminine flirty girl. Ultimately, I ended up liking Caroline an so entire much lot much more than Elena. And it's the same thing with Suki. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with like a lot of other shows where you have this main character who tries so hard to be the main girl. Like uh, with Twilight 2, mm -hmm. Bella, I think a lot of people liked Rosalie or Alice a whole lot more. Yeah. Then, you know, people don't watch it for Bella. And so I think that we should definitely talk about that phenomenon as people who have felt that way but also as like writers and as like black women how that makes us feel because it's like yeah like a womanhood like this whole like sexist part of it but it's also like you try so hard to make this girl like different but then you just make her like annoying yeah annoying and just nobody cares about her anymore because they're just 
every every time I hear anybody talk about vampire vampire diaries, they're like, I'm just so tired of Elena Gilbert crying. Right. <laughs> she and cries so much. And, <laughs> and and acting like her life matters more than ever. Like when they went mm -hmm. to that island and when she was when um yeah, when Stefan was first with uh Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I could definitely see them. They would definitely hate they us. They used to date. Right? And I would be here for it. And Elaine is like, how could you? And then you... But it's and like, girl, you like, ended up with his brother. First of all, she wasn't even a twinkle in her father's left nut, okay? When Rebecca and Stefan first got together. Facts. So if he was attracted to her then, it's safe to say he could possibly be attracted to her again. Like, of like course, now. she's hot. You know, Claire she's... Holtz is hot. Right. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> Since her little H2O just at water days. <laughs> oh my god. Right. But, but right. Like, it just makes sense that <clears throat> she had the charm then. She kept that charm. He still likes it. Same with, um, she also slept with Damon at some point. Like, apparently, Rebecca had it going on. She had Marcel. I would and not. Marcel. <laughs> I won't even get into Marcel. He was the finest thing that walked across the TVD universe screen, if I do say so myself. Ooh, I would agree. That smile. Gorgeous. Like Marcel? Marcel's right. Let's come. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Sorry, we both went off. Bring it back. Right. I will also say, though, Elijah had one of the best entrances in the entire show. Like, yeah. just character introductions. Mm -hmm. And there's the suit and the gentleman of it all. Mm -hmm. mm. Ugh. Anyway. Good old Elijah Michelson. Bringing it but back. But justice for Bonnie. Justice, justice for, for Bonnie. Bonnie. They did not do her right. Nope. And we... We... I, they, just knowing what we know about the show and the showrunners, it's really unfortunate that Bonnie didn't get her due because she was... It, it's not a matter of, like, her being a sidekick or her, you know, maybe using her magic or whatever to help here and there like a lot of the times bonnie was the girl who got these vampires centuries old vampires out of jams right and and cursed people and did all of these things to help them and then like they didn't give a shit about her life and what she had going on half right. the time and i could not could was... not stand bonnie and jeremy i could oh not stand it. such a horrible it. boyfriend it made I no hate sense that that was. It made no sense. It was so stupid. It made no sense. They had no chemistry. It was weird. You're with. You watch this kid grow up, and now you're together. And obviously, they're both. They're all teens, but it was still so weird. Well, he was like what, like a year, Ugh. year or so younger than Elena. So it's really weird. Yeah. Weird and then he stuff. ends up cheating on her with uh, a ghost, Anna. Anna. Who they were, they had better chemistry. Jeremy yeah. and Anna had better chemistry. They did. And it just felt like, why are why are we having this Gorgina, like, gorgeous woman who's super powerful settle for this kid who has, like, he's a snot-nosed little kid. If oh y'all know Jeremy stands, I'm sorry, sorry about don't it. But, like... <laughs> my thing was this, though. Like, when she came back from the prison world... And Jeremy, you know, you would think he would be like the first motherfucker there to greet her because when she died, he was completely messed up over it. Like drunk every day, wasn't going to school, 
just like wasting his life away because of what like he just saw his girlfriend the love of his life or whatever like completely disappear die because the other side collapsed so you would think that he'd be the first one there like but then when she gets back he's she he's nowhere to be found and she's like oh i don't want you to tell him that i'm back like what that whole like don't tell somebody i'm here this is a person i love vibe really got my like irritated it just and she had ptsd people did not notice it was so stupid yes exactly i was so irritated how she was supposed to set aside her issues to team up with kai because they needed her how she was supposed to set up set set her aside her issues to go to caroline and stefan's wedding even though stefan literally killed the love of her life like the day before Mm -hmm. she was just there to suck it up and i'm like no yeah so justice for bonnie bennett we could go at, on and on and on at nauseum about Bonnie, but I think we should talk about one more mm-hmm. uh, witchy situation, and well, two more. So we can't talk about witches without talking about the craft. But first, I'd like to to get your take on a deadly education because I know you read it. I haven't read it, and but I read I taught, the sequel, so. The Graduate. Tell me about it. You need to read it. You need to read A Deadly Education. Basically, I'm gonna give it to you like this. Imagine the book being told from the point of view of a snarky female Slytherin. And if Hogwarts were a place with no teachers and full of monsters that are constantly trying to attack and Mm. eat the students. And the, the only way to survive is like the only way to graduate is to survive all three years in this hellhole school and even when you survive and you make it to graduation and graduation literally is just you released into the auditorium and it's full of really hungry monsters that have been waiting down there all year and if you live you graduated and you get to leave and go home Battle Royale meets mm. Harry Potter meets The Hunger Games. <laughs> okay. Like, all wrapped into one. Um, the book is... It's adult, by the way. So, there's that. So, you, you can... And it, and it does describe some, like, body horror stuff. Um, they're evil... They're evil witches... Um, and wizards in there who will do anything to stay alive and get ahead of the game, whatever that means doing. Um, there's some, like, and it's it's a little, okay, so I'm not gonna lie, it's a little info dumpy. That's like the main complaint about this series is that it's info dumpy, but it makes sense for it to be. And it's told from, like, like I said, the POV of the main character is a girl who is everyone believes that she's destined to be this dark witch but she's like nah I'm not gonna give her the satisfaction psych (laughs) keep them guessing I loved her snark I loved her sarcasm I loved her wit and like how she was just like fuck this I'm gonna just figure out ways to get through this and I'm gonna get the hell about like I loved it This this sounds like everything I need it's such a good book there were like I said the issue with some people was that 
they didn't like the info dumpy part, but I loved it because I, I like knowing about the world and it was necessary. And then, um, what was the other issue? Oh, the other issue was that um, there was a comment about hair that they thought was racist. I believe that since then the author has taken it out because I didn't even, I don't think it's even in my book. So I don't know what people were really talking about. And when they actually wrote about it in like on Twitter, they had like the excerpt. I was like, this isn't even as bad as y'all made it out to be. Y'all just wanted to be outraged. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that's the Deadly Education. I read The Graduate, which is, it literally picks up where Deadly Education left off. Um, the Graduate ended on a cliffhanger, son of a bitch. And the um, next one, it's called The Golden Enclave, um, comes out September, October this month, one of those months of this year. Yeah, September or October of this year, so I don't have to wait too long. But a bitch cannot stand a cliffhanging ass book. Like, I don't like it. Oh, so you mean like how I did my book? Mm -hmm. I'm still mad. I'm mad about it, but I'll wait. No. <laughs> like I'm, I'm mad about it. Um, but yeah, them cliffhanging ass books, child. I can't do them sometimes. Yeah, I cliffhung uh, the second book. Uh huh. Yeah, cause I'm like, we're going into the third. I gotta ratchet up the tension, cause the first one could essentially be a standalone book. But I clip hung the second book to let you know. And then you had, and then you had the nerve it. to pull an Alexis Henderson and write a different book than the third. Before writing the third. Mm. That's me. That's how you that just, is me. Just like you have no shame, you have no regard for my feelings. I feel like I'm Bennett. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. Don't 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 Bonnie Bennett me. <laughs> guilt just guilt mm, mm, no. <laughs> yeah i mean so um we can't i was gonna say we can't talk about witches in pop culture without talking about the craft mm -hmm. uh i mean it's iconic and this is another character who we need justice for so justice for rochelle yeah because i don't i don't know how you feel but i really hate when you have a situation where you have you know, uh, a token black character, and their entire arc is about their race. Yep. I really, it's tired, it's boring, we've done it, I hate it. I hated that the girls in school didn't like Rochelle because she was black. I hated that her whole arc of getting revenge was because these girls were racist, and the very nature, and like, you know, these girls are punished for their trying to get revenge, so the, what you're saying is you're punishing this black girl for trying to get revenge on a bunch of racist white girls. Yeah, basically. So she should have just kept it quiet and been meek about it. I mean, if she really didn't want to get punished, she should have just threw them hands. In right. reality. <laughs> like, just threw the hands, child. I watched it and I'm like, I'm tired. I that really hate Like that Marsha Brady lookalike do not look like she can fight. You can fuck her up. Her and her oh, well, that's because that girl was Marsha in the TV show. <laughs> no, that wasn't her. I know who you're thinking about. Marsha Brady's the woman who played Marsha Brady is way. Or no, in the in the movie, not the TV show, the movies. Remember how they remade? Oh yeah, when they made the, the the movies, yes, they she totally played her, and she played the um the main woman character in Zoolander. 
And in Dodgeball, yeah. yeah. But she did. They, uh, they, they cast, <laughs> speaking of her, like, just off, completely going off, but they cast the perfect woman. She looked just like Marsha. It was really creepy. Yes, true. So, um, again, the craft, I guess if you haven't seen it, which is, like, Weird. wild to me. But set in the 90s, four teenage girls start a coven, summon Manon, this powerful being that gives them power, and uh, each of them start to use this power for personal shit to try to, you know, get out of their various traumas. Uh, Bonnie, played by Neve Campbell, has had been in an accident. She had these severe burns on her back and body, and so she couldn't uh, she was made fun of, and she she never felt comfortable. So she basically ends up casting spells to where she doesn't have these burns anymore, and gets to exist as the stone cold fox that she is. Nancy, who grows up in this like poor, abusive situation, people hate her because she's always been weird. She's always been poor. She ends up, you know, her. Uh, making her stepfather die and her and her mother move into this like swanky apartment um, the insurance like, money we, was nice the insurance money was nice we mentioned Rochelle she gets revenge on her the racist girl and again she feels guilty but like I wouldn't the way I tell you I would not feel guilty for this white girl's hair falling out if she's been making fun of me this entire time and my and hair my life hell yeah. and the worst that happens to her is her hair falls out eh. she's alive the girl get she? a get a wig you make money get an you can get a nice unit and mm -hmm. you'll be fine um and then Rachel who is played by Robin Tunney she and again, Rochelle. Shout out to Rachel True, who plays Rochelle. I have her tarot card deck. Love it. It's really great, and because it and Rachel comes True looks amazing. She's the best looking out of all of them. Oh yeah, still looks wonderful. Yeah, the rest of them look like they melted, which is kind of sad. Uh, true. Yeah. So I don't even remember what Rachel does, but she's the main character, and she is judgy and feels like they've gone too far. Her and Nancy have words. Nancy wants I can to tell get you rid what of. She did, if well, you don't remember? Yeah, fill me in. Rachel, um, there was this guy, that guy at school that she kind of had a crush on, but he treated her like shit and spread a horrible rumor. She wished right. that he basically would have a taste of his own medicine and want her so bad he couldn't stand it and that's literally right. what happened like he started he couldn't eat he couldn't sleep all he could think about was her and it became like dangerous hmm and then nancy encourages him to unalive himself and then he mm -hmm. falls out of, or an accident he falls out of the window and then rachel starts to feel away about the way things are going and nancy doesn't because he also had done the same thing to nancy so it's like, you know, you watch this movie as a kid and you're supposed to see these women as bad, but then you watch it as an adult, as a uh, more evolved, socially conscious, aware of uh, like the patriarchal white cishet society we live in, 
and then you watch it and you and I'm just watching this like I'm supposed to be sorry for all of these I'm supposed to not side with Nancy I'm supposed to think Rachel's right I'm supposed to think Rochelle is wrong and Nancy's wrong like yeah maybe they shouldn't have resorted to murder but I'm like they're dealing with some real like abusive people in their lives and why shouldn't they try to to change their circumstances with magic and these people are abusive to them exactly and you know nancy was the main she was the ringleader right she absorbed the most power from Manon, and she went the craziest she committed the murder mm-hmm. um and so that's why she ended up <laughs> powers completely stripped um on a bed strapped down in an insane asylum and the other yeah. two were just like they just didn't have their powers anymore but they were like but it's not like anything reversed right because um Nev Campbell's character did not have the scars you know and obviously what happened with Rochelle's it's the damage is done like the girl probably ain't gonna fuck with her no more you know what I mean mm-hmm. so they and they, Rachel they still has powers Rachel absorbed the she she invoked the spirit so she's really powerful she still gets to keep her powers even though she too did wrong right and so we again this is another case where we're talking justice for the character on and off screen because i was listening to an interview with rachel true uh on the podcast creatures of the night it is uh the belay brothers if you haven't heard if you haven't listened to it it's fantastic because they they go into what they're doing, they're drag performers, their show Dragula is amazing, and then they also talk about horror movies and interview, you know, legends. And so Rachel True talks about her experience doing press for the movie and how a lot of times she wasn't invited on the press tour, she wasn't sometimes included on posters, when they accepted like an MTV award or something, she wasn't asked to go up on stage. All of these things where she was the the this was an ensemble cast. Yes, Rachel was the main character, but her and Neve Campbell essentially were in equal standing where you have, you know, Rachel as a villain, you have Nancy, or Rachel as a main character, Nancy as a villain, and then you have the other two. She she was just cut out of a lot of this promotional shit because she was black. And I think she had said, like, Faruza Balk, who plays Nancy, was really the only one who who had noticed it and felt a way about it, but I don't know if she even said anything. Clearly not, to, like, because it continued, you know. right? So, and that's, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I, that's what irritates me. It's like, you're aware that it's happening and that it's wrong, but you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, A, yeah. I, or you don't, like, go, even if they don't call you up, just come up with me anyway. Like, you know what I mean? To say, right. to show that you belong here and I support you. So it's like, it's one thing to feel, oh, she felt guilty, but it's another to actually be like, she was active about it, she was proactive about it, and she made sure I felt supported and like loved. So your feelings, I don't care how bad you feel it, it's not enough. And that's right. just something white people need to understand. Like, I don't care if you feel guilty, do yeah. something about it, because feelings ain't gonna help me. Exactly. <laughs> and again, like, don't quote me, she could have done something. I just recall from the interview specifically that that Neve and uh, the other lady didn't didn't really say much or do anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think that we don't see Rachel True on our screen as much as we absolutely should because not only is she gorgeous and looks like she could still play an early 20s, like she was somebody in her early 20s, but she's a fantastic actress and I think she has a lot to offer and I wish we saw her more on our screen. So justice for Rochelle. I mean, I loved her in Half and Half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> half and Half used to be my show. All of those shows, Half and Half, The Parkers. Yep. <laughs> okay. I miss those. All of them. They should just... Damn, Mr. Ogilvy. I don't know if we, we need those back, but we need shows like those back. Because mm-hmm. we had so much black TV growing up. It's almost gone now. Yes. Uh, Moesha. Sister, Sister, Smart Guy. Mm-hmm. Half and Half, The Parkers. Hang with Mr. Cooper, oh, Cooper in the house. Hang with like, Mr. Cooper, yes. You know, Family Matter. Every, we had so uh, many black shows. They're yes. girlfriends, living single. Mm-hmm. Just, they're gone. What was that one with, um, what was it? Oh, the, obviously the Proud family also. We mm-hmm. can include, but that's back. That's back. Um, but what was the one with, I think it was, it was a one-on-one. Did you mention one-on-one? No, I didn't mention one-on-one. I remember one-on-one with Flex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, like, even on Disney, that's so Raven, like, mm-hmm. you know, we had a, we had, we had a nice little repertoire. And I think Forrest Kojo and Nicola Reeve Parker had their own little mm-hmm. show that ran for a couple seasons. Do you remember Cousin Skeeter? It was, he was like, everybody else was human. Megan Good was in it, like, and right. Cousin Skeeter was a, like a puppet. <laughs> mm. Man, that was such a good show. Like we we used to have some good stuff, but yeah, a lot of our black shows got canceled, or you know they ran their course, right, and ended. So yeah, or they got paid dust. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much. And so now we're left with Tyler Perry. Whatever we're left with. Tyler Perry and his bad wigs and him Uh-oh. being the only person to write his scripts which is just yeah. all we're left with is Tyler Perry shows and Martin reruns <laughs> uh, but I'll close us out thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter under Horror Host Support Group Host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just click on the link in the description on our Insta. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author, the spelled with two E's, and on Twitter at Amanda the Author with just one E. You can also find me, Samara, on the same platforms under the name Samara Reads 2. And don't forget to check out my indie book box, Fifth House Collective at fifthhousecollective.com. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.